Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Toddler Purgatory. I'm Molly. Hey, I'm Blair. <laughs> there was like a brief hesitation, and I was like, what if she forgot her name? <laughs> Did. I, How do I help her? Molly, in this time right now, it is amazing that I am... I don't know that I'm functioning. That you know your name. That I even know who I am. Listeners, the last few weeks have been incredibly (laughs) eventful. Weirdly enough for both Blair and me, we, and this is the subject of today's episode, we are talking about dealing with COVID. When COVID walks through the door uninvited. Uninvited. Get out. Didn't I get a vaccine? Didn't I get a boost? Didn't I get a booster? (laughs) And that's the problem, too, right? We all imagine that once we're vaccinated, we're like, I'm free to do what I want. I ain't going to get this. Uh, you can stay away from me. <laughs> Which is so funny because, like, never did anybody say that once you have the vaccine, you won't catch COVID. Totally. Like, they've only just said you probably won't get. It'll help you to increase your chances of not being hospitalized or die. Totally. Which it did. Which it did. Here we are. Thank you, vaccines. Thank you, vaccines. Always, always grateful. But what they don't talk about as much, and we're going to talk about today is, okay, sure, but how do I do that? How do I have my entire family down from COVID and continue to make it work to get people fed? How? What do we do? So we thought we'd talk about this because we have a feeling other people are going through this too. Hey. It's like a tsunami. It came in the past like two months. I know so many people who have gotten it. Oh, Oh, it's bananas. It's bananas. We're in the middle of summer right now. And I think a lot of us were like, summer is, remember last summer? It was like, woo! Like we were at the pools and we were like, because it felt like prohibition was over. It felt like we were finally able (laughs) to like have fun. And it didn't feel like the pandemic was overall. It did. It kind of felt like that. And then it came roaring back, of course, with Omicron and everything got Fakakta again. And then this summer, it did feel like, okay, there is a certain aspect of COVID where if you're outside, you're just much less likely for those droplets to fall, to travel into your little cute nose and mouth, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then what the A is going on? What is A? A? What would A be? What's the A? What's the B, C, D, F, G is going on? (laughs) What Do you think it has something to do with the heat and how enormously hot it's been? I don't know. I know nothing. I know nothing. We should put a disclaimer at the beginning of every show, and certainly of this one, which is we're not doctors. We, <laughs> we are the furthest from doctors. We're actors. I don't can't think of another profession that's further away from a doctor. So we're just talking about our experiences and what we've read. Please keep in mind the data that we may discuss changes what feels like minute to minute, much less hourly, much less daily. For sure. So by the time you hear this, it could be wildly different. So what we're reading and talking about is what is affecting us in our lives today. As always, go to cdc.org, com. I don't know. Go check on the CDC website for the most up-to-date stuff. But here's some a case's overview, and this is what tells us that a lot of people might be going through what we're going through. Just in general, this is data from Our World in Data, which is a data source, and the New York Times. It was updated end of uh, July. United States. Now, remember, these are approximations. United States total cases over 90 million. Oh, okay. Deaths over a million. Worldwide, total cases, 576 million deaths, 6.4 million. Again, those are approximations. And also, as always, data is complicated by people taking home tests and recovering on their Mm -hmm. own and not reporting the numbers. So these numbers, there's a chance they're much higher. It's complicating everything. 
everything. So I got it first in my family. I traveled mm-hmm. with, I did a girl's trip to Italy. Hashtag worth it. Hashtag worth it. Uh, <laughs> I spent a week in Italy with three of my friends from college and exactly one of us got COVID and that person was me. I don't know how that happens. That's the other aspect of this that is shocking and eye-opening is that it is like a tornado that hits one house and then lifts before it gets your neighbor. Like, yep. even though it's highly contagious, it's also like kind of uh, fickle. <laughs> it's fickle. I'll take you, you, and you, but not you. Mm-hmm. Wild. So I went on this trip. My other three friends didn't get it, thank goodness. When I came back two days, I tested as soon as I got back, and it was a strong negative, a home test. And then two days later, I started getting symptoms, and I thought to myself, please be a cold, please be a cold, please be a cold. And it immediately tested positive and got the PCR the next day. I had two or three days of cold symptoms, like bad head cold, sheer exhaustion. I slept 13 hours a night, one day of a slight fever, and then after that sort of third day, all of a sudden... I'm starting to feel a little better. No fever <laughs> after one day. I'm still exhausted. Probably the thing that lasted the longest was the exhaustion and the muscle it's pain. Exhaustion. That lasted a solid week. But I was the only one who got sick. But two days after I got sick, my husband tested positive. So here... Yay! It's fun. You know what? Caring is sharing. So the crazy thing is he had been solo parenting for... And he's an awesome husband and dad. He was solo parenting for the nine days that I was away with my girlfriends, including the transit to New York and all that other stuff for planes. Got back, had two days of partner parenting, (laughs) and then back in the saddle solo. Oh, there you go. Take that, David. He he wanted me to thank him with a New York Rangers hockey jersey, but I thanked him with COVID. (laughs) There you go. It was a gift. Everybody's love language is different. <laughs> Mine is highly contagious. Yours is highly contagious and comes with snots and poops. Yes. Well, the good news is he was fairly symptom free. That's the good news. Good. So we immediately threw on masks. So when he got tested positive, he had muscle pain and exhaustion, but really no head cold symptoms, which was a uh, mm-hmm. thank goodness. So we just threw masks on because now at this point, I'm starting to feel better, even though I'm so tired. I don't know what to do with myself, but I can like parent as opposed to the first three days when I was like horizontal, Mm -hmm. not in a fun way. So we started to co-parent because we had to. We opened up all the windows, which is on the list. We'll talk about later about things you can do to try and have your family members not get it. My five-year-old wore a mask for mm, 13 to 17 minutes and then real hard to get him to wear a mask in his own house, but... But David and I were fairly consistent with our masking. And this just in, he didn't, he never tested positive. He tested every other day, including PCRs, at home tests, like everything. And he never tested positive. I don't know how, Blair, I don't know how, but I'm also talking to you. Yeah. Who never tested positive. <laughs> I never tested positive. All three people, other people in my household. And Molly, when I tell you, I have been in this. So my daughter, two Sundays ago, this is how long this has been in my household. Yeah. Two Sundays ago, she started, she came home from the pool and she was like, you know, snotty and kind of coffee. And I thought it was the pool. We tested her on Tuesday because she wasn't feeling any better. She's fine. Negative. So we chalked it up to, okay, she's got a cold virus, whatever. Then that Thursday, my husband works in Connecticut. He came home. When he leaves the office in Connecticut, he goes and gets tested just in case because he's been around folks. And... He gets home, he tests, 
On Thursday, Friday, we get the results. He's positive. That night, my little one is now spiking 103.9 fever. No. We take her to the ER because I'm like, 103.9, that's insanity. We take her to the ER. They give her, you know, fluids and stuff, and she was completely fine. Uh, I was not. Mm-hmm. No, wait, quick question, sidebar. Did all four of you go? Because my husband had a accident and he had to go, he's fine, but he had to go to the ER and they wouldn't, I had to sit in the car. So I wondered if all four of you went or. I took her because at that point, my husband was positive. Was positive. Yeah, he was positive. No symptoms other than just being tired. Mm-hmm. And so I took her to the ER and they did a PCR rapid on her and a strep on her. She had also taken a couple days before. Did I tell you this? Yes. She'd taken a PCR and she was negative and a strep and she was negative. Right. The next day, the PCR tested. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm all over the place. That's okay. You, you haven't slept in a, a week and a half. Like it's okay. I have not slept in so long. So th- when my husband said that his test came positive, I and the kids immediately went to the PCR testing around the corner to get tested. And... So that night we took the little one to the emergency room. She was negative. And then the next morning, that PCR test from the day before was positive. Wait, what? Yes. So she took two PCR tests the same day. Yes. One was negative. One was positive. Molly, my brain was now not functioning. How? Uh this virus. Oh, so now just me and my son are negative. And then a couple days later. So now you're son, at three out of four members positive. of the household. And only Blair is like, you're like that. Who's the guy who's bent over and holding the world on his back? <laughs> There's like a statue in New York. Atlas. I think that's you. You're Atlas. Olympus. <laughs> oh, Atlas. Is that his name? Is that <laughs> That's Atlas? a mountain, but whatever. Hercules. One of them. Molly, I feel like it. And it's like, I have been coughed on snotted on, thrown up on. I mean, this virus has brought in everything. And I've been sleeping with my daughter because she's spiking fevers at night. And this just in. Oh my gosh. So you have to wake up every four hours? Yes. And she's a fever puker. Nothing. When she gets like a bad fever, she pukes. I was going to say, are you the kind of person who pukes when you see somebody else? And then they don't know how to like blow their nose. What? It's not even that I want to die when I see other people pew. Uh, it's like, take me off of the earth. I don't like it. I cannot. I can't deal yeah, with it. Yeah, you want to hide under a bed for Mm-mm. 25 days. Yeah. But then again, it's just like your kid. So it's like, all right. You know, and then she was like, she was also sick to her stomach because she's not blowing her nose or coughing the stuff up. So it's just like mucus city just sitting in her. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. And my mom would be like, spit it out, spit it out. <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Down the hatch. Oh, no. <laughs> well, now here's something I want to mention is that in general, kids don't have as big of symptoms as adults. So it's a real bummer that she got as sick as she did, because that's a real bummer. Yeah. The doctor seems to think that both of them, it's a co-infection, that they had colds. That the little one gave the big one a cold, and then on top of it, I guess, big man brought in COVID, and it's COVID on top of it. I don't know. So just an FYI, if we're talking to anybody who has not had 
the vampire COVID knocking at their door, and yet this vampire comes in <laughs> uninvited. You don't have to worry too, too much. It sounds like, yeah, Blair, it sounds like you had sort of a double doozy. Yeah. According to the Mayo Clinic, children represent about 19% of all reported COVID-19 cases. And the most co- and they, their symptoms are generally less. The most common symptoms of COVID-19 in children are cough and fever. So you had kind of both of them and then all rolled up in a gorgeous sushi roll of puking and stuff. Whoops. Well, that just got me sick to my stomach. Ha <laughs> ha. And when we come back, we'll talk more about things that make us sick to us. Just kidding. We're going to talk about how we got through it personally and how you two can get through it. If you haven't been through it already, which, P.S., you probably have. What a nightmare time we're living in. <laughs> Good. We'll be right back. Good on you. It's January, and for me, that means New Year's resolutions. I don't know about you, but eating more healthy foods is always on the top of my goal list. Eating healthy is now easier with Hungry Root, and right now, Hungry Root is offering toddler purgatory listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Hungry Root makes it easy to eat healthy. They support all the major diets and lifestyles, including gluten-free, vegan-vegetarian, dairy-free, low-carb, and others. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. I love that Hungry Root recommends recipes and groceries based on my taste. I like to take their suggestions, and I always love what I get. My favorite are their burritos. I can quickly heat up a burrito and have lunch with no hassle. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Toddler Purgatory listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash toddler. Don't forget to use our link so they'll know we sent you. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hi, we're back on Toddler Purgatory, a.k.a. Todd Purgs. Or, according to our last conversation about the puking part, Todd Purge. <laughs> Todd Purge, indeed. <laughs> Today is hashtag Todd Purge. <laughs> well, we won't talk anymore about that. But know that, you know, COVID and the Omicron and BA5 and all this stuff we're dealing with is just very multifaceted. And it hits people in different ways. And it's gorgeous because you have nothing to rely or depend on. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's extremely contagious. I read a few articles and they each had like slight variations in the numbers and how much more contagious it is than the original Delta variant. But overall, it just says highly contagious. An article in Yale Medicine from July 2022 says it's about 10 to 20% more contagious, but in different one, and this is like based on different numbers and stuff, in Nat Geo from January said it's between two and four times more contagious. That's according to a Danish study that has not come out yet, So because they're still peer reviewing it. But yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting how like we're still, it's wild that after two and a half, three years, we're still struggling to get a grip on this thing. It's insane. And even... When we went to the pediatrician, she was like, yeah, you know, we're still figuring this all out. And it's one of those things where my kid is sick. What do I do? And especially I was getting to the point where this is day, I don't know, eight, and she still has fevers. I know. It sucks. But it's like, 
all right, you're a doctor, right? My kids had fevers for eight days. Like, what do I do? And for them to say, this is what you need to do, but we're still figuring out how this virus works. It's kind of like unsettling. Certainly. And I mean, I get it. It's new. It's like, you know, we don't, we don't know what's up. Ugh. And it's constantly changing. And hence the, all the variants, alpha, beta, Omicron. It's just always changing. And I just want to applaud everybody in the research and healthcare fields who are dealing with this. Thank you for the work that you're doing. I can't tell you how grateful we are and how incredibly frustrating it must of a struggle it must be sometimes. So thank you to all our research and medical and healthcare people who are working on this. The good news about it is, according to that Nat Geo article, it appears to be less likely to cause death. So that's why so many people are getting sick and dealing with it and maybe not reporting the numbers. They're just using home tests. Mm-hmm. Nat Geo says, as of early January, U.S. adults with Omicron were less than half as likely to visit the emergency room or be hospitalized or have to be put on a ventilator. This is according to preliminary work by researchers from Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine. So that's kind of the other thing is that we're all, it's almost like a thinner blanket, but a bigger blanket. Mm. Like COVID used to like take people down for a while, you know, and it was much more deadly. And this is like, well, everyone's going to get it. <laughs> that's what it's starting to feel like, like, right? It's like the flu almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember which article it was, but one of the researchers said like, the BA5 or whatever the thing that's most common, the Omicron variant that's most common right now, it's, she's like, it's not, that's not the last one. Like, we are going to have more because COVID is incredibly wily. That's wily. That it is. Yes. So what do you do? Like, so Blair, you're still kind of in it. Like, what were some ways on a personal level that you kind of got through this? And then we'll talk about on a factual level what, what the experts say we should do. It's interesting because... As soon as my little one started to get like sick, sick, and I started to worry, worry. Yeah. My nanny, who we haven't had all week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Nope. Okay. We could take a quick crying break. I had to take care of my own kids. She was like, listen, you're going to find the strength and the energy to take care of your children. And I was like, from where? And she was right. I don't know where it came from, but even that night that I took her to the ER at 2 a.m., I was so tired when I woke up, but as soon as like, you know, she was getting sick and lethargic and she was like, I found it. And then Mm -hmm. from that point on, I think I'm still like writing that like adrenaline wave. It's the mama bear in me, you know, it's just like you just instantly, it's like the nature part of your system takes over and you just, you find it. Lots of TV. We have never had the TV in our house on for so long. I mean, hours. Mm -hmm. But with the fever spikes, it's like, we'll start an activity. I'm handing out medicine, you know, trying to stay on top of these things. And then one's down and has to lay down. Right. And then the other one, you know, eventually. So it's just like, all right, we'll just turn the TV on. And I was going to like, give myself a little guilt trip about it one day. And then I was like, girl, you better not. You are in survival mode. And my husband for the first couple of days, he took off work. He works mm-hmm. from home, but he took off. But he was tired, and we were trying to, like, help him out. And so then he went and worked in the room, and I was on duty by myself taking care of these two sick ch- children. I mean. Well, you said he got a little, his symptoms were not so bad. Mostly no. exhaustion and fatigue, you know, like muscle fatigue and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was jealous because Blair told me that he had the strength to get things done. A little bit here and there. And that was the only bummer 
about laying in bed and just being like, oh, so worn out, so sick. This is when I had my symptoms. I was like, I thought when I got COVID, I'd be able to clean my room. (laughs) (laughs) I thought when I got COVID, I'd be like asymptomatic. But and I'm like, sorry, guys. Sorry, I have to isolate. And I'm just like going through my closet, making my Poshmark pile. None of that happened. None of that happened. When you're sick, you're sick. And some people, you know, get asymptomatic. And I say to you, how dare you? How but dare also, you? good for you. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so Johns Hopkins University and HopkinsMedicine.org has an article called Getting Real When COVID-19 Enters a Busy Household. And step one that they say in Blair, we did not do this. So listeners, I really hope that you <laughs> hear this if it hasn't entered your home already. Yep. Prepare your backup plan before you or your partner get sick. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Johns Hopkins. Could have used that. What would be your backup plan? Well, I think what they're talking about is childcare. So, like, if you, for instance, like, did you have a conversation with your nanny? You guys don't really have family right in that area. Neither do we. And that's a big challenge of this is like, yeah, of child rearing in general, but even specifically when people are getting sick with COVID, is that like, we might have a village. We love our neighbors, but like, my mom lives a six hour drive. And she's over 70. Yeah. So she can't be a person to help us out anyway. But, you know, that kind of thing. But I think that's what they're talking about is, you know, I have a friend who has five kids. So, like, (gasps) she probably does. (laughs) Just fall over. You fell over. (laughs) God, you're now speaking to my ghost. No, I can't. Because two, being sick has tossed me over. I cannot imagine five children. I can't. I can't. So you have to imagine that that COVID's going to tear through that house. But hopefully, because as we read, most kids have have minor symptoms, thank goodness. But she might have a plan because if her and or her husband, they say go down, meaning go down like lying in a horizontal position on the bed. If they're both down, they need someone to come in and take care of those sweet babes. So, yeah. And even if you have one kid, like it might not be a bad idea to talk to your babysitter and be like, hey, listen, we're living in weird times. If we can, you know, what is your availability should me and or my partner, you know, not be able to care for these kids? Are you comfortable? Are you even comfortable? I know people who are just like, nah. Is there mm-hmm. somewhere that you can pack up your kids and bring them to? Again, actually, they said in this Johns Hopkins article, keep in mind that people over 60, I had always thought of it as like more 70, you know, whatever. But they're like, no, over 60 and people who are immunocompromised, obviously, are more vulnerable to the illness. So consider alternate coverage, which is tough. It's tough. Or just doing it yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, or doing it yourself. Like me and David just slapping those masks on. And I do want to say one thing. It's really hard to separate children from their parents. And so it can be very difficult. And so they say a child, you could try saying something like mommy is sick and needs some rest. So you can't go see her until she feels better in a few days. Don't make me laugh. Like how my son would be like, I can't hear you. I'm going in to see (laughs) mom. So if that's happening, like wear masks. But if you truly don't have like a partner or you're both down or you don't have a a village, if you will. Did you know this player? 211. What the heck is that? Nanny McPhee? Nanny Joe? (laughs) Super Nanny? Hello, 211. Yeah, they say if both parents are down or they're the single parent, ideally the sick children will be cared for by a well relative or friend. If that is not an option, there may be times when the sick parent feels too ill to supervise and care for his kids and may need help. If you or your family is in need of urgent child care, call 211 or go online to 211.org where one can request assistance in finding local community resources that may be able to provide support in that circumstance. Wow. Consider my mind blown. Would have been nice to know on Monday <laughs> of last week. 
yeah, have somebody come in and, you know, help you out or deliver groceries. Like, I think they even, it's like, you know, social services, like, they help you. If you place a grocery order, they can have someone come bring some in or bring soup or whatever. You can figure that out. So call 211 and see if you can use those resources. So the first thing is have a plan before it happens. Ha ha ha. Good to know. Step two, isolate. These are things that most of us kind of know now, but I think it bears repeating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just Molly Lloyd went into a room, closed the door, laid down and didn't get up for three days. The other tough part is bathrooms. I did not know this. Forget it. We didn't isolate anything. We couldn't do it. Because at this point, by the time my husband figured out that he was positive. Yeah. Everyone had been loved and kissed and touched. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, and not only that, Molly, I need help. Two of them. One of them. Maybe. Two of them. Forget it. Yeah, you guys are good partners. You're good partners, too. And that's it is tough to lose your partner, like, because they have to isolate. I don't know how David did it for nine days. And then he had two days, quote unquote, off where he just essentially tried to get work done because he hadn't been able to work either. And then I I went down and then he went down. I was like, come on. Well, one thing I didn't know, I thought that ideally, if one person is in isolation and the other person's able to take care of the kids and whatever, the best thing is to leave like food and everything outside the door. But if they have to come in, if you're like feeling like, you know what? I didn't realize this. The other parent can bring the sick family member food, drinks, and medication to the bedside. Just wear a mask. Take care to clean his or her hands before entering the room and after leaving the room. A lot of this is like what we know. The 20 seconds washing hands. Limit your time in the room with the sick person. Drop it and go, (laughs) essentially. And do your best to separate the kids. The bathroom issue, a lot of people don't have two bathrooms. If you are able to assign one bathroom, which we do. We, we're lucky enough. We have a bathroom upstairs and a bathroom downstairs. So I grabbed the one that was 10 feet from, excuse me, the bedroom door. If you have only one and the bathroom has to be shared by sick and well people, the toilet should only be flushed with the lid closed. I mean, that's a good rule all the time. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. I don't know. Dr. Oz, who I know is extremely problematic, but he did have oh, one, especially there in PA. <laughs> Let me tell you something. But he had this visual one. So he had people on his show where he showed, he, they shut off all the lights and they added some kind of like a green agent, like a glowing agent to the water. And then they flushed it with the lid open. No, no. Okay. It went everywhere. Guys. It went everywhere. It went everywhere. It was like droplet central, just like, because you wouldn't see it or think about God. it. So if you can close the lid when you think of it, but certainly if one person is sick, <laughs> So flush it with the lid closed and surfaces in the bathroom should be cleaned with a disinfecting household cleaner. (gasps) Remember at the beginning of the pandemic when you could not get Lysol wipes? Couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. And now it's like Lysol makes all kinds and Clorox makes all. It's like a bevy. I went to Target the other day. A bevy of stuff. I was like, this kind of feels good. I'm just going to go shopping for cleansing products. Oh, my God. There's so many options. So many options. Hey, we'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. 
I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory, where we are talking about everything COVID. And if that monster enters into your household, what do we do? And we're just talking about keeping the lid closed. <laughs> we're mostly talking about the toilet. I'm still on that. That is now a core memory in my head. <laughs> well, what I wonder about that, too, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but eh, I will. What about places that don't have toilet lids, like public bathrooms and that kind of thing? Yeah! I mean, how many times have you been in a public bathroom? You know, the ones that like flush real hard and you'll get like a splash. <gasps> it's a bidet. <laughs> have you heard about the tushy? We have a bidet. We have a Toto bidet. Is it one of the hook on? Like, what is it separate from your toilet or is it hook on your toilet? It hooks onto the toilet. What do you think? It warms the seat <gasps> and it washes my undercarriage. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. I got to get on that, you guys. Get it. It's like, it's literally the, you know what? <laughs> We spent that time in Italy and at the beginning, and I, I, you know, I've traveled before and like seen bidets and, you know, they're very common when I was traveling, like after college and stuff. Mm -hmm. But being an, you know, an American, we just not, we just wasn't used to it. Now bidets are so much more common. Like they are. As they should. As they should be. It's so great. And at the beginning of the Italy trip, I was like, "Ah, you know, I've been thinking about getting the tushy. Oh, now I know there's a Toto. I did not know that. And I was like, I I don't know if I'm going to get used to it. By the end, I was like... David, we're installing bidets in every toilet. They're so great. They keep you clean. Nice and fresh. Yeah. Fresh. (laughs) My kids love going into our bathroom because we have one just in our bathroom. And they love just like, granted, water gets everywhere. But I'm like, good, clean that (laughs) tush so I don't have to. (laughs) Did you see the thing, again, sidebar, on Busy Toddler where she posted, I love her. I mean, we all love her. Where she posted the thing about how to teach your kid how to wipe. Yes. That was good. It was really good. I was like, all right. It was really good. All right, Susie. She knows what's up. She's great. She knows what's up. And she's like, there are no tutorials. So here I go. This is how you teach a kid how to wipe. <laughs> here you go. It's great. Thank you. And you know, people are looking to do it. It's hard. It is hard. How do you describe it? To get them to wipe their butts. Oh, gosh. Oh, my son is not into it. He's five going on six. And he's like, no, I'm good. Thank you so much anyway. I'm like, no, you must learn. Well, I'd say another side note, and then we'll get back to COVID. But I think that a big reason <laughs> why boys are so bad at wiping their butts is because they don't have to wipe their fronts. My three-year-old, she's pretty good at it because she's got two things to wipe. She knows what's up with the wipe. She's been doing front to back since she was two. <laughs> she's a year in it. Yeah. God, it's so funny. Yeah, he just is, he's not really that interested in it. But one thing that I took away, and yes, we will wrap this up and get back to COVID, from Busy Toddler was like narrating what you do. Right, right. In yeah. preparation for them learning to wipe themselves, which is great. So I've started doing that. So far, so good. I think he told me to stop talking once. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He's like, Mom, I don't. Yeah, he said something like, you already told me about folding it. I was like, all right, just make it sure. sass. The level of sass in that kid. So here are my takeaways from today. And I hope that our experience is in any way helpful, or at least you feel like you're not alone. Listeners who are going through this or have gone through this. Or people are like, oh, thank God I haven't been through that. <laughs> Sucks for them. Knock on every piece of wood. All the wood. All of the wood. <laughs> but the biggest things I would say, I really like the note, even though it's too late for me, of having a plan, particularly I think if you have a big family or if you live somewhere where you don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. Like... New, if we live, we're still living in New York City, like, I never talked to my neighbors there. I would be screwed. <laughs> you know, but I had more friends there that, like, live near me. Now we live, you know, in a much more widespread, spread out kind of area. Mm. But, yeah, try and set that up. Hey, on the off chance, me and or my partner, you know, if you have a partner, gets COVID, you know, well, I want to see if you can step in. So, I love that. Having a plan, like so much of parenting, having a plan is so helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, having a plan. And also, I don't know how to say this. But just like you said about the TV, I think you need to do whatever gets you through it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it's a finite amount of time for you. I'm sure it feels endless, Blair, because you're on day 26 or something. Yeah, but this too shall pass, you know? Yeah. So if you have to turn the TV on, turn the TV on. Yeah. And that's what you feel, too. It's like, at least for me, it's so funny because being an actor has prepared me for, like, the most random things. Like, I have no problem sitting in traffic. Oh, that's so funny. I'm just like, oh, whatever. Because I'm so used to waiting. I'm so used to just like, you know, having to wait it out or, you know, being in the valley for so long before I hit my peak. You know what I mean? So I've had these moments where I'm just like on the couch with the kids and I'm just like, oh, this sucks. But I'm just like, we'll get out of it. We're eventually going to get out of this. And yeah, you know, one trip to the ER, snots and coughs and pukes. I can deal with. It's tough, but we'll get out of this. Yeah, for sure. Yes. And as much as you can, listeners, do what you can Mm -hmm. to maintain good COVID um, protocol at home during this. Washing those hands for 20 seconds, isolating if you can in any way. And if you can't, like the point David and I got to, if it's possible for you, and and every family is different, every person is different, but like if you can, just wear those masks. Me and David, like, we're kind of got used to it. That's great. We did not. We didn't do it because we just like... That's okay. That's all right. We had just so much. But the 211 thing, that's amazing. 211.org online or call 211 for community resources that may help you. That's great. I had no no idea. Me either. But we also leaned real hard on like Uber Eats and Uber like grocery delivery. We did like... We had some tests delivered from Walgreens. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah, we're fortunate enough to live in an urban area in the city to where like a lot of these things are like pretty common for people like to deliver randomness. Yeah. So I've leaned so hard. That's actually a good point, Blair. Some people may not have access to those resources. Also, they may not have the money. So yeah, maybe that's part of planning is putting. But maybe that 211.org can help figure out in your area, right? Yeah, if you need some community resources. But I'm just saying. If we're going to prepare for this, maybe throwing a couple frozen lasagnas in the freezer ain't a bad idea. True. Because. True. Yeah, we just don't know when it's going to hit, what's going to be available to you. It's a little bit of a money saver as well to make maybe make a few meals or a few dishes and throw them in the freezer. So if you go down and I don't know why I keep saying you go down. It's like a weirdest. <laughs> is that helpful? No. It makes sense. It makes it sense. Makes sense to me. Because I felt like I went down. I was like, okay, Lloyd out. Like, Good. Lloyd unavailable. Like, I'm going down. <laughs> and 
or if you're a single parent or a, a single caregiver of some kind, you might really be happy to have those meals in there so that you don't have to yeah. get your butt in front of a stove. No, thanks. No, thanks. I could not cook. And I like to cook. I couldn't do it. I was so tired. I Granted, I'm the one who didn't have it. Right. But I was too exhausted at the end of the day to even think about it. By the way, Nanny Paulette, she was so bored and she missed my kids so much. She made homemade chicken soup and she brought it here. Come on. Paula. Is she available from 211? <laughs> she should be. That woman does an amazing job, but she dropped off soup for the kids and she like stood at the doorway and she was like, I miss you guys. And the kids were like, wait a minute. Why is she not coming in here and taking us to the park? What's going on? Oh, I bet it's so confusing. How come I can hear her voice, but can't see her? <laughs> What is happening? What is happening? Oh, man. <laughs> That's great. And it's great that you have that support system, you know? Like, what an incredible support. I just have my husband. Thank you, David. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you so much, David. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get that jersey. We need to, like, get him that jersey. He did it. He did it up. He did. You know that we named Taco, our new dog, after a New York Rangers player, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Capo Caco. Who is it? What's his name? Capo Caco. <laughs> <laughs> So his official, my dog's official name is Capo Taco Caco. <laughs> you guys, we're dumb. We are real dumb. But yeah, you're right. I should get him that New York Rangers. Yeah. Don't tell him. Why am I talking Nobody about this? Nobody tell he him. Listens to the pod. What do we? <laughs> don't tell him, listeners. <laughs> well, I guess our wish for you is that it doesn't come into your home mm-hmm. for sure. That villain COVID. But if it does come in unannounced, rude, uninvited, ruder. Get out of here. Just know that this too shall pass and do everything you can during it to keep you and your kids, you know, fed and safe and ah, you'll come out of it. Well, I started testing negative after seven days and I've heard of people starting to test negative after five. You know, we continue to isolate through 10. Mm -hmm. But man, once you see that negative result, you're like, yeah, baby. Be Must nice. be nice. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. We're out of this. <laughs> oh, can't wait to get out of it myself. You're almost there. You're almost there. Listeners, thanks for being here. Uh, if you think about it, go to toddlerpurgatory.com. We have all our episodes there. Leave us a note. Let us know what you think. Also, uh, episode ideas. We love hearing from our listeners. Yeah. Hit us up with Eppies. Hit us up with them. Hot Eppies. Yeah, do it. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we appreciate you so much, and we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Stay well. Stay well. (laughs) Bye. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. 
Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.